everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Today we have an awesome agency, Electric Eye. We do have Chase and Ryan. We got the co-founder. Ryan's the fixer-upper when it comes to the ads and everything along those lines. You know, they're currently kind of managing roughly 600k to 1.2 million a year. And you know, we're going to be diving into one of their kind of brands to you know see the nitty gritty. You know, what's working, what isn't working there. But hey, you know, Zach, how's it going, man? You know, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> I'm excited, man. Let's bring him on the show. Awesome. Well, shoot, Ryan and Chase, thanks for hopping on. We'd love to kind of, you know, give everybody a little bit of insights of what y'all are getting into. Um, y'all kind of want to jump in here? Sure. I'll jump in now. Hey, I'm Chase. I'm the co-founder of Electric Eye. Uh, I also host a podcast called Honesty Commerce. So it's really weird being on this side of things, uh, being a guest. <laughs> I, I, I giving up control is weird for me, I guess on, on the mic. But anyways, uh, so uh, these days, all we do is help e-commerce brands grow their business through smart marketing and uh, creative design. Uh, so we're, uh, we're not full service, but we do a few things only for direct consumer brands, only on Shopify. Uh, Ryan joined the team about six months ago, I'd say, uh, and took over marketing for us. Uh, and I'll kind of let him let you guys know what he's up to most of the time. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, my name is Ryan. Um, as Chase said, I help manage marketing for Electric Eye. Um, and we've got people kind of pretty much on all platforms these days uh, between Facebook, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, Google, Google Shopping. Uh, so we're all over the board. And um, so, you know, I kind of take the lead on helping our clients uh, figure out a strategy that's going to work for them, work for their products and uh, figure out what platform is going to work. And how they can be most successful with um, their spend and uh, how we can help them make some money. Heck yeah. Well, snap. We're pumped to have y'all on here. And I, we're going to be diving into one of y'all's brands, Pebby Forevy. So, I mean, has this been a brand y'all have been working with for a while? What's the kind of story there so people have some context? Yeah. So, we've been working with uh, Liz over at Pebby Forevy for 18 months, maybe two years now. Uh, like most relationships, started smaller with some things. Uh, most of our relationships start on the project side, to be honest. Uh, we're jumping in there and we're taking a look at uh, some main KPIs before we want to jump into traffic. And those would be conversion rate and uh, average order value. So oftentimes our projects uh, resolve, like start with uh, conversion rate optimization tactics, trying to uh, improve the user experience. So when we're sending more traffic there, we're not lighting money on fire. So we did a lot of that fun stuff for Liz beforehand. And then we got into paid traffic. We took over Facebook. Uh, but she is a content monster. She is such a good partner. Uh, so once we got the system built out and once we got the strategy working, uh, we told her last year if she trusted in us that we'd help her hit a million. Ryan, where are we at? Yeah, we're uh, we're we're just shy, just shy of a million right now. And we said we'd do it in a year, and we did it in half. Ooh, oh man, I, I bet she's a happy camper over there, huh? <laughs> you would think, uh, but. Stuff happens to your business when you sell twice as much as you think. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, of course, when the ads are doing good, there are probably so many other factors like inventory shipping to where, I mean, once you scale up that quick, I imagine it's going to cost, you know, some dumpster fires along the road you got to put out there, you know? It's a question I always ask uh, during <laughs> during kind of discovery or even you know prospecting with new clients. It's like, hey, we double your sales overnight. Can you do it? Like, are you gonna have? Are you gonna have supply chain issues? Like, do you have enough inventory? People don't think about think about that sometimes when they're talking about scaling. 
Oh, no, I totally get that. And I, one thing I wanted to mention that you kind of brought up is the AOV. Is that something y'all work on? Hey, let's boost the AOV for your storage. Y'all come up with the kind of deals there. Um, is that something y'all kind of get into or do you leave it to the clients on that side of things? Well, there's there, out of the box, we only work with Shopify stores. So out of the box, Shopify is garbage at upsells. Uh, mm. And most of our clients are into the plus space. So once you get to plus, you get access to Shopify scripts. And then uh, it is a, it's a collaborative effort. You got to think about what their product is, what they're selling, how to approach upsells, cross-sells, downsells, bundling. Uh, so there, it, there is no one-size-fits-all there. It's got to think about it, build the strategy, and then build it on the front end and make it all work. So Chase, how do you talk with your clients about you know, this inventory supply issue scaling issue? You know, we're with the, the Rich Head, uh, Poor Head podcast, we get to dive into a lot of the financial principles behind scaling, right? And uh, growth eats cash for breakfast. <laughs> uh, customer acquisition is going to, you know, the, the faster you're growing, the, the more money it needs to fuel the fire. So how do you go about that in your, whether it's your client selection, your, your, your vetting process, what is that what does that what does that look like? And then also like how is this this particular client that you said you're gonna do, you know, a million in twelve months, you're doing a million in six months, like what are they doing to to scramble here to to keep up? Yeah. Um, so I'll answering the first question is setting expectations is the number one way to keep a client around for the long time. And brushing through the hard conversations in the beginning is the quickest way to lose a client. Um no one says that this is going to be all fun all the time. You got to have some hard conversations. And one of those conversations is, can you afford to grow as fast as you want to grow? And there's, there isn't, it isn't a bad thing to grow slower. In my opinion, some people uh, are all glitz and glory about these, you know, crazy ads doing crazy numbers. Even the ads we're going to talk about today do some crazy numbers, but you got to be able to afford it. Uh, Liz has been working on this brand for years, uh, and she's bootstrapped and she's got, you know, she's got money in the bank to self fund herself through doing this for a long time. Some people aren't there. Some people need to take on credit. Some people need to take on debt to achieve these goals. I'm not a like CFO. I'm not a, you know, business manager for brands. That is something that I wouldn't, I would never give anyone advice on like, this is how you should finance this. That's not my place to say uh, my question is can you afford this and have you thought this through see i think that i'm going to put you back on that one because i think the the we're, we're talking about essentially the cash flow and, and capital conversation right and i think that the 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 classic kind of agency you know client relationship is is has been that conversation has actually been completely ignored. And I think in today, like that conversation is starting to happen a little bit. Like if you're just like rewind a couple of years, like even just a year and a half, two years ago, that wouldn't have been a, even a consideration, right? In the discovery call, it wouldn't even have been a, a, a conversation. I think that the, the agencies that are going to, to really retain clients, like even, even longer, are going to take it to the next level over the next couple of years is have that conversation, but then also bring the solutions to the table uh, because you know, your client's set, right? And you kind of, you kind of know like what their strategy is and you didn't necessarily need to bring that solution for this, this client, mm -hmm. but there are definitely brands out there that 
don't have the answers, right? And yeah. and it's kind of like, hey, have you thought about this? And they're like, oh, no, this is a great point. What should I do? And I think that's an opportunity for agencies to really come in and be become more of a trusted advisor. It doesn't mean you have to become like a CFO overnight. It I, I just think that part of, you know, a CMO's job is setting budgets and is also part of, um, you know, really increasing those budgets and and also like kind of being a cheerleader for that of like, hey, you should spend more here. Like this is winning or you should spend less here. Uh, but the ones that like really think through how, right. And, and, and whether they know the answer or they know someone that has the answer is, uh, is the ones, I think the frustrated agency is the one that's like, Hey, you should do this. And then, you know, like the client just stopped working with the agency cause they ran out of cash and that was never, there, there was no solution or, or conversation there. I don't know. What do you think? Hey, no, thanks for pushing it back on me and giving me a tough question. You're not doing your job if you're not doing that. So obviously my <laughs> original answer was a lot more prepared. This answer is not, but it's essentially, I know what financial products exist in this market very well. I know it from like what we're doing at our agency, how we're scaling our business. And I can like give them insights from as a small business owner of how we're growing our agency. It doesn't, it's not like a one for one on how you could grow a brand. There are, are a lot of mm. parallels. I know how to get, I know, how we accessed cheap money to grow. Um, I can give mm. recommendations, but you know, there are goals and you know, we follow the traction model uh, at our agency. So it's like we have set things we're working on each quarter. So I don't get distracted by, for example, what's the best product to like tell our clients to grow their business. That's not something that's on my radar because I don't care right now. Because like I'm, you know, <laughs> I gotta have my true north for the agency and what I'm working on to grow my business. Uh, with that being said, I mean, dude, there's like eight or nine like quick funding solutions in this ecosystem. People can plug into your Shopify store and like find where you're profitable and like how much money they want to offer you and what terms it is. Getting money in this ecosystem is so easy. Is you have a proven track record and you've got product market fit, finding money isn't hard. Oh man, you're speaking yeah. Zach's language right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. So let's talk about the other part, right? Like let's talk about budgets, right? And how do you go about helping even somebody that's maybe not that not at that phase of has traction, you know, has an, a proven winning ad campaign and you know, doesn't necessarily have access to that 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 quick money like how, how would you recommend they think about, you know, funding it in terms of getting started, whether it's, you know, creative or test budgets or agency fees, like uh, what, what's that investment look like? Um, that's a great question. I think if you don't have product market fit and I'm going to say product market fit comes down to, you're not making organic sales. You don't have like stuff coming in. And you're, if you're not selling every month repeatedly, you don't have a business. So you shouldn't be advertising it. You should figure out what your offer is. You should figure out what your product is. It just starts selling on its own and then you can pour gas on that fire. That's marketing. That's advertising. You know, if you don't even have a fire going yet, you're just wasting money. Um, so where should you start with things? Facebook is getting ridiculously expensive. Um, you know, everyone reads these crazy case studies where people are like getting 20x or something on, you know, just right off the rip and like, yeah, that's cool and all, but they're not talking about all the 20 iterations they did before it that were failing and the years that they've been learning how the Facebook ecosystem works. Like it's hard to make money these days. And if it was so easy, why would we be on this podcast and not running our own brand, our own brands, you know? 
Um, but to like set expectations, I'd say you get what you pay for when it comes to hiring an agency. Um, if you haven't done the work yourself, I think a lot of brands want to get started. They want to run before they walk. I think it's really worthwhile for brands to actually learn how Facebook ads work for themselves before they try to outsource it. Cause you're never going to know like if the KPIs these people are talking about are realistic or if you might not even know what language they're talking at the end of the day with like the KPIs that they're, they're parroting back to you. Um, you know, as, as far as budget goes, it's just, it's insane. Like Ryan, you're more in the weeds these days. Like if I was going to, if I had a brand and we were, you know, doing like 10 K a month, with a $75 AOV, where would you, where would you like budget things if, if, you know, in a strategy, if we were coming to the table like that? Yeah, I actually want to like press pause on that for a quick second too, to go back to like the original question and like working with a brand and kind of figuring out like in the conversation of figuring out what their budget should be, um, you know, and, and Chase kind of touched on this a little bit, but I, I've worked with some brands before, um, outside of working with electric guy and um it's understanding like what what the goal of getting into those ads is supposed to be so if you're at a point where uh or if you're not at a point um and you are getting into facebook and instagram advertising if you're in it and you're like oh i the metrics that i care the most about are like my reach and impressions and you're not and and you're just like i'm trying to just get get a lot of people to see this thing and you're not necessarily paying attention to the metrics that I I, I don't want to say matter the most, but it, in a sense do when you're talking about spending money, like, you know, talking about conversions and talking about, you know, your CPA and talking about your return. Like if you're not focusing on the right things, if you're going into setting budgets with not the right goal in mind, not the right intention, that's another thing that's just going to like, really really throw that entire process off because i've worked with people before that are like we just want a lot of people to see this and and it's having a level set conversation with somebody to say well maybe that maybe this isn't the right time for you because you're not like chase said driving you don't have that product market fit yet you're not driving this organic sales on your own um you know so at the beginning of this entire process talking about budgets talking about setting this that's another thing that kind of factors in here Oh, yeah. And I mean, I love what Chase said about, you know, the the marketing really comes into it for the fuel for the fire. So I mean, I feel like a lot of people to understand that. And I mean, even, you know, running before walking, you're spot on to where people just want to jump in, you know, jump the gun so fast to where it's gonna, you know, cause a huge dumpster fire probably way quicker than you expect it. So I mean, I feel like those are good, you know, expectations to kind of paint in the beginning to kind of really shape that relationship. Because I mean, shoot, I would imagine y'all have clients for a while. So you got that expectation game on lockdown, you know? Hey, we tried. I remember the very first agency that I hired, and this was like when I was a marketing manager at a, at a tech company. They came out and they were like, "It's you know, we need fifteen grand media budget, and we're uh, we need a five k setup fee, and it's five k a month, and we're going to blow through that test budget in forty five sixty days." And um, <laughs> I was like, "Wow." You know, like what, uh, 30 G's to get the data that you need uh, to know what, what's working and what's not working. And um, at the time, I didn't really like I didn't really understand it. I was like, they just really need data. But now I'm like, 
you got some brands that'll be like, well, can I spend that like 30 K over several months and like learn over time and like use cash to, to figure that out. But if you want to go quickly and you want to learn fast, like you gotta, you gotta spend that money fast. <laughs> Do you guys have those kind of similar conversations with, with brands where, you know, you just got to say like, this is our initial test budget. You're, you're rolling out a brand new campaign and uh, this is going to give us the the data that we need. It really depends on where they are and like their business life cycle. That's like the term I like to use. Like if you're a startup or, you know, you're one thing, you got product market fit. That's another thing. If you're past the million. You got some things figured out and that's a whole other conversation. Um, for startups, my expectations are setting the floor at garbage. It's like, Hey, if we break even after three months, we should be happy. Like it's that crazy trying to, start from zero if you don't have any data to back it up like i you know like that's the floor like that's where we're setting the expectation and if we can destroy it sweet but like i you know i don't want someone to put all their eggs in a basket here with the startup and being like we're gonna see 5x off the rip i'm gonna quit my day job it's like, no <laughs> that's that's terrible expectations i'd rather like under promise and over deliver Oh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's I, I see that all the time in the industry. So where it's like, hey, we're going to guarantee, you know, 5x out of the gate where it's like, man, you don't even know what their KPIs are. So I mean, it's never a one size fits all regardless of, hey, I got 10 ecom accounts, but all the strategies and game plans are completely different. So I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a great way because I mean, shoot, it's those expectations, you know, would you rather have a client for three months or shit three years? So I mean, it's it really shapes that whole relationship there. So I mean, I, I love that. Yeah, I, I it just I well, think this is awesome. I want to uh skip here over into uh the, this next segment i appreciate the the perspective on kind of the agency's role in not only budgeting but also the agency's role in you know making sure that the, the client can handle that growth um i think it's good both from you know the brand's perspective in terms of providing value add i also think chase it's also good. it's good for the agency and they should be doing it because quite frankly you don't want to work with the clients that like aren't funding and like they're going to have to cancel in a couple months time or six months time when you blow up their business. So, um, but that's awesome. Let's, let's dive into this rich ad, poor ad segment. Which one should we kick off first, Dylan? Shoot. Let's go ahead and dive into the rich ad first. I feel like we always bash a poor ad, but let's go ahead and start strong. You know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I like these. I mean, we're going to go in some context. I, I, you know, I appreciate all the insights y'all put the audiences, the feedback. I mean, y'all made it super juicy for us. But I'll go ahead and kind of read the copy out so people have some understanding. Um, but shoot, as mentioned, the brand is Pebby Forever. You know, hey, beat the summer heat and get into that 4th of July spirit with our new summer collection. Use the code SUMMER15 to take 15% off your purchase. All proceeds to benefit the Columbus Urban League. So sweet, some super, you know, compelling. Looks like a nice little holiday sale. Go ahead. Let's break it down, y'all. Cool. This was Ryan's mastermind. Uh, this was honestly, this was less than a month ago. This was two, Heck like yeah. oh, 11 days ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, July 4th sale. Heck yeah. Go, well, Ryan, let's, let's, let's hear the, the man behind it all. Yeah. So, um, you know, Pebby, she is a, a rock star and just like, you know, Chase mentioned just like, um, you know, she ripped out content like crazy. And, um, we obviously, you know, center a lot of these things around holiday and being able to work any sort of ad um into some sort of like gifting holiday or even just like uh a, and i say gifting like both self 
gifting as well. Um, and so for her, we, you know, wanted to, one, highlight that she had new stuff that was coming that had come in for summer. Um, and we hadn't really talked about it at large yet. Um, so I wanted to highlight the new stuff that was coming in. We wanted to, you know, kind of hit on it's summertime, it's 4th of July, like, there's, you know, a certain kind of energy and, and a vibe that comes around that. And I hate to like talk in these kind of airy fairy terms, but get a little bit of that when you're writing, particularly when you're writing copy. Um, and then with, you know, with Liz and with Pebby here, we like have have seen some success over time um, with this 15% off um, deal that she runs. And so um, we're doing that. And so, you know, kind of highlighting all of that in as quick as possible. Um, the copy is, you know, long enough that you can, you know, it's not just like shorthanded, um, but it's, you know, short enough that it fits into this space. And then you read the headline too about um, pro proceeds to benefit the club Miss Urban League. So, you know, she was giving some um, of her profits from uh, the last month and a half, I believe, um, to the Columbus Urban League. She's uh, based out of Columbus, Ohio. So, you know, in the ad front of things, we wanted to highlight the holiday, wanted to highlight uh, the sale, and wanted to highlight something that she was doing as a business. Now, with the actual ad itself being a static image, it's a shirt that says just take it easy. Did y'all kind of test this with others? Because, I mean, from being this type of ad, I mean, regardless of it being a sale, I mean, I'm surprised kind of an image like this would kind of be that top performer. Can y'all kind of kind of give some more insights on that? Yeah, so, um, you know, we, it's an interesting model here. Um, and and Pebby is really known for, she does these t-shirts, they're side slit t-shirts. So there's just like a big mm. like crease up the side. Um, and that's her like core product. Uh, we know that, we've seen that. and um, they're all kind of a different take on like a graphic tee, essentially. Um, yeah. and they, and they perform incredibly well, um, uh, both just in like raw sales, like through her site. But, um, you know, we've tested that against, and, and we'll talk a little bit about this when we get into the pour out as well against some of her other products. Um, and her, you know, her clientele and, and the people that buy, they just want to see it. They, they're not um, they're not as drawn in and they care a little bit less about, you know, I think lifestyle imagery um, is a big thing that's brought up when, you know, talk about ad creative. Um, her her core customer is like, I want to see it and I want to, you know, Liz does almost all the modeling herself. Um, she takes most of these photos, too. So, you know, they want to see her product. Um, they want to see what it says. And. and and that's it. And it does really, really well with all of her side slit tees that I said, like, like I said, um, are also graphic tees in a sense. Yeah, that makes total sense there. Heck yeah. Now, when it comes to the kind of numbers behind the scenes on this, was this, you know, an ad that was getting, you know, 3x, a, a 10x, a 30x, a 100x? What's the kind of go to? I mean, being a sale, I would imagine this, you know, the numbers are pretty hot there. Yeah, so uh, this ad by itself uh, was hitting above um, above a fifteen x. I won't say how much uh, above a fifteen x, but um, it, it smashed it pretty pretty much. Um, now, is that blended yeah. or is that just bottom of the funnel? Mm. Um, so that's just actually uh, that's not even blended. That is like this this ad in this ad set. Um, you know, I pulled specifically from one ad set on Facebook um, for this time frame. So um, 
no, not blended. That's like raw just for this ad in this ad set. And this is prospecting only, correct? Correct. Man, heck yeah, that's super solid there. And how long were y'all kind of running the sale for? Was it like, you know, a week, a, a month? So this sale, I um, ended up running like a little, like close to 21 days, not quite full, a full three weeks. Um, but we got it started, you know, well in advance of uh, 4th of July and then um, ran it through the 4th of July weekend and then uh, turned it off. So I actually think it ended up running, um, if I'm looking at this correctly, for about 16 days. Okay, shoot. Heck yeah. Well, I mean, hey, for being a sale and, you know, getting in that 15x range, I mean, that is what we call a rich ad. Let's go ahead and, you know, dive into this poor ad because, you know, I think it's time to roast something up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I mean, just so everybody kind of has some context, we have some leggings, of course. Um, Spring is the perfect time to treat yourself to a little style update. And this collection is everything you ever wanted. Shop now. Looks short, sweet, simple. It pops on the Instagram side. What made this a poor ad? I'm kind of curious now. So the, you know, like I mentioned here, um, her her core product, her core uh, customer is really into the side slit tee. So there's uh, a piece of this puzzle here that um, we run into and in, in that we're showing a pair of pants and her core customer is all about tops. Um, mm. The other thing about this too is you know this the the copy here is you know we talk a little bit about in you know a new collection kind of um we don't explicitly state hey this is new even though at the time it it wasn't you know she had brought in new product for spring um and you know it's more self-oriented and and sometimes you know buying behavior and shopping behavior i don't want to get too much into psychology behind all of those things. But sometimes there's a little like weirdness about people being like, Oh, I'm buying something for myself versus kind of framing it up um, in a different type of way where it's more uh, gifting type of uh, messaging. So it's just completely different than kind of what y'all's, you know, initial game plan and kind of what those hero products are essentially. Exactly. That makes total sense. So how bad did this one kind of flop here? Y'all have a nice, you know, test budget behind it. You kind of let it run. Hey, you know, how bad this one do? <laughs> Just sort of some context. Um, yeah, we we didn't uh didn't put too much budget behind it, but it definitely um it, it was it was not good. Uh, there was <laughs> <laughs> there was um you know a few a few hundred dollars here that were uh that were that were lost. Um, and thank thank God that her good ads are really good yeah so i mean with it only being a hundred couple hundred bucks lost was this kind of more of a test to just try these kind of products out was it kind of a little small you know test spurt or was it something saying hey let's go ahead come up with a campaign or a strategy for the legging side of things or it's just kind of like hey let's test this out and see what happens so this was kind of a test in in uh, a multitude of ways and I, I don't want to go too deep into um the strategy side of things but this was a test in um, some of our creative in showing product that wasn't exactly her core product that we we knew do, did really well, really well. Um, this was also a test in that we served this ad up to a slightly different demographic than um, and a slightly different audience than what is necessarily her core audience previously. Um, so yeah, there there wasn't you know a huge amount of budget thrown um thrown this way because we knew it was testing we knew we we're kind of moving outside of 
you know, core demo, core product, uh, core copy, all of those things. Um, and obviously kind of proved out, you know, where, where our bread and butter continues to be. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. And I mean, to kind of recap, I mean, once you get those wheels spinning on, you know, her kind of hero products, there's no reason to kind of reinvent that wheel. So I mean, controlled testing is the best way to kind of do and it sounds like y'all had that kind of button on lock to just say, hey, this is not working. Let's stop losing that money. Let's go back to what was working and kind of scale that up. You know, that sounded about right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the context of it was we, you know, exactly what you said, we, we know what's working. Let's see if there's an opportunity, uh, you know, if we kind of veer off this path a little bit to really expand out that audience and expand out, um, you know, the, the funnel at the top and, and bring some more people in. And, you know, this was not the avenue to do so not to say that there are not avenues that um, can't do that. But this particular one just didn't work for us. Well, snap. I mean, that makes total sense there. Well, hey, that's quite a rich ad and quite a poor ad and some different strategies there. Um, thanks for kind of diving into that, Ryan. I mean, shoot, that was super juicy. I, so, I, I, mean, I kind of wanted to touch on something. Yeah, you can't have a rich ad without testing a bunch of poor ads it's literally impossible to do these days no one's going to get started and just only get rich ads i don't know not if you're dylan carpenter (laughs) (laughs) oh no i mean i think you're spot on i mean shoot i feel like when you're testing shoot maybe 20 30 ads a week i mean or even a month i feel like you're really going to have one or two or three that maybe hit and i mean let's be real those are going to bring in shoot 50 60 percent of the overall ad revenue so i mean that's that's a great thing to kind of bring up because You're never going to have one ad that's a home run. So, I mean, you really got to test. But, I mean, the controlled testing model is the way to kind of go about it. So, I mean, shoot, Chase, that's that's a killer little plug in there. And, hey, shouts out to that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, that was super killer, y'all. I mean, how can everybody kind of find you? What's the website? The best way to kind of get in touch with y'all? We'd love to kind of give y'all a little plug just in case somebody's kind of interested in, you know, working with y'all. Yeah, sounds good. So uh, the agency is Electric Eye. Uh, you can visit us at electriceye.io. We got a bunch of case studies on there. Uh, and we can you just hop on the phone with me. We can kind of talk some strategy and see if we're a good fit. And then if you like what I'm talking about and you know what Ryan's insights are, we got a podcast, Honest E-Commerce. You can check that out on where podcasts are. You know, Whatever you listen to us now, we're probably on it. Uh, and or more information for that's found at honestecommerce.co. Well, snap. We'll go ahead and wrap this up. But hey, once again, everybody, thanks for tuning into another episode of Rich Ad Poor Ad. And man, we had a killer. Well, hey, Chase Ryan, thanks for coming out, man. Everybody, have a good rest of it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, man.